friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. You guys are enjoying yourselves and staying healthy as always. And if you need anything, be sure to contact us at healthmasters.com. We're here to help you out the best we possibly can. And any type of questions or anything you need, feel free to give us a call at 1-800-726-1834 at healthmasters.com. And also, too, I want to give everybody a heads up. Uh, magnesium brain food, as you know, last day of sale today for product of the week. Also, too, I've had a few customers contacting us. There's certain kits and certain uh, products that right now we're working on that some of them have been out of stock or they've run out of inventory. We're waiting on our manufacturers to get everything back in, and most of the stuff is on its way I mean, a couple of weeks out on a few things. So if there's an invoice and it basically you add a product to it and it shows $0, that means that product is out of stock. It's not going to be back ordered. That means right now we're still waiting on it. We do not have an exact ETA, so essentially it's, it's not being shipped. Now, we're setting up something right now if you want to be able to type in your email and basically be notified when the product's back in stock. We're going to do that as well, but understand that if it says $0 on there, you're not being charged for it. It's not shipping. There's nothing nefarious going on with that. I've had a few people get confused, and they're wanting to know if they're going to get a refund back for the $0 that wasn't spent. I don't want anybody getting confused on it. Just understand that that means we're out of stock and we're working on new inventory management with the website right now. So I appreciate you guys working through this. It's only been up for less than a week. So there's just a few little things we're tweaking right now. And also, too, as I told you before, the subscriptions, that means it's auto auto ship subscription. If you do it every two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, that many bottles is going to ship to you at that point in time every four weeks. So say you order three probiotic DF every four weeks on on auto auto ship uh, subscription. That means in four weeks we'll ship you three more. You don't have to call us. You don't have to email us. It'll ship right out to you. And so, again, that's really convenient for a lot of people that are busy. I've done it to myself on certain things like that when I'm trying to get stuff in stock, and I don't want to have to deal with constantly calling up or emailing or going online, and you just know it's there every four weeks. So, again, something to look at on the website at healthmasters.com. And also on the DHL Express, I want to give everybody a heads up on our international shippers. Please, if you're ordering, again, I reiterate this, if you are ordering something with DHL International Express, please answer your phone or have a relevant email or phone number on your order. I've run into this problem multiple times now where customers have products that they order and DHL is trying to deliver them right to your house. And they've called and they've emailed and contacted the customers and there's no response. And there's issues with, you know, numbers on a gate code or there's numbers as far as with a box or they're simply trying to contact them about a customs declaration fee for a couple dollars, whatever province or that you're in. So please have that available. There's nothing weird about having a phone number that DHL needs to contact you on and be able to get a hold of you if there's an issue with your shipment or if they're simply just trying to set up a delivery date. So thank you for for that just wanted to get a few of those things out of the way right now and also too at first news this is something that i wanted to address because we're kind of watching this really starting to expand and i've told you guys this it's a very strange world the Neuralink corporation elon musk's brain implant company has now raised over 280 million dollars in funding 
from investors to develop the technology. Neuralink is the best known company for field of technology as far as when it comes to actually implanting these chips in your brain. And it's already started with U.S. clinical trials last year and essentially working on expanding this connection with this essentially transhumanism standpoint where you're going to be able to mesh the brain with computer. This goes right back to what dad said yesterday. When you start having companies and you start having people that start getting into the billionaires club and they start coming out with products or they start coming out with companies and all of a sudden they're allegedly worth two, three, four, five, ten plus billion dollars. They don't get there because they're simply coming out with something that they want to really promote that's amazing for humanity in most cases that essentially has a really good Christian basis behind it. I'm just being honest with you on that. There's companies get funding like this for one specific reason because there's an agenda and the big banker boys at the top are giving it the nod that it's going to get funding and you're going to get the investments and you're going to get the cash in order to expand this research project. It's just something to understand when you see a lot of this stuff come out because I've heard so many people for, oh yeah, he's you know self-made billionaire with this and he did this and he did that. I can tell you right now, I've met a lot of people that are very wealthy, very wealthy. I've never met any type of billionaires that have ever been involved in stuff that they didn't have the nod from the banker boys at the top. Those guys always have connections. They always get a nod, and there's always somebody behind them that's giving them that capital and liquidity to be able to expand to that point. And most of the time, it's because they're pushing an agenda that the banker boys want to be pushed. Just something to be aware of on this. Also, too... I always give you guys the heads up on some of the strange things that are happening in the banker world. Moody's now placing credit ratings of six major U.S. banks on review for downgrade. This is interesting because we've already started to see this start to have a snowball effect with Bank Corp, State Street, Bank of New York Mellon, Northern Trust Corp, Cullen Bankers, and Truist Financial are all now on the chopping block to be reviewed for downgrade. On top of that as well, Moody's also slapped negative outlooks on 11 lenders, including Ally Financial and Capital One Finance. So these are all pretty heavy hitter banks. These guys are top contenders. These are not something that, you know, these are some little bobo local banks because most of those, quite frankly, are gone now. We've had the mergers and acquisitions and essentially all the small banks that have been national or basically regional have all been being bought up. This is happening now. This is happening for years. I've watched it happen personally down here in Florida. And so it's something to be aware of and continually looking at and making sure that your assets are protected, whatever they may be. I'm not giving you financial advice, but there's definitely some strange things going on right now with a lot of this. On top of that, more insult to injury. And I think it's time now because I've been writing a lot of our representatives in Congress and Senate uh, to no degree of response, obviously. But this is obvious. It's getting to a point now where this is so beyond insulting that our representatives really need to understand that we're going to start voting everybody out in next election as the Biden administration is now demanding another $10 billion for Ukraine report released yesterday. They've reported the Ukraine aid battle will resume when Congress returns from recess. The incoming request will be north of $10 billion follows as Ukraine continues its counteroffense against Russia. The Army's acquisition chief told reporters on Monday the Department of Defense was working on another funding package for lawmakers to pass. The package would be used to replenish stockpiles which have been depleted after providing munitions for Ukraine's protracted conflict in Russia. 
I don't. This whole thing now is becoming so insulting and so embarrassing. I can't talk about it very much, as everybody knows this now. I mean, we just passed the military DOD budget, which was the highest, pushing right at nine, right under nine hundred billion dollars. But yet, suddenly, it turns around. Every single month, it seems like there's more funding that needs to go back to Ukraine, as this is obviously as everybody has looked at this now and everybody I know that has been directly involved in this as far as with contract work or military work. This is the largest money laundering and weapon laundering scheme we have seen in recent history right now directly through Ukraine. And I think it's really time that Congress start being held responsible for this because this is, last time I checked, a government by the people for the people. And the entire, you know, it's the cool thing to support is starting to burn out rapidly. And a lot of people, even ones that were big, hard pro-Ukraine supporters that wanted to give every single penny to Ukraine – are starting to realize now this has nothing to do with supporting Ukraine. This has everything to do with one of the giant, largest money laundering schemes and weapon trafficking schemes we have watched in recent history. And on top of that, I saw and Dad brought up yesterday. Again, I have not been able to verify this 100%. He brought it up. I've seen it. I'm asking you guys to give me some feedback on it if you know anything about it. I've been reading multiple articles now, again, Dad brought up yesterday, that among the four major mobile operators in Russia, they have now started removing 5G towers over there. And they basically are starting to talk about removing all of them, tearing all of them down, much less deploying zero as far as not bringing any more up. This is something that's very interesting, and if this is actually true, you got to ask the question, why? Does Russia know something we don't know? Does Russia know something that is going to be used with these 5G towers in order to emit some type of frequency? As we know, 5G technology was built as active denial systems to the Army. You can watch the videos online, even on YouTube. It goes into detail about them, and I find it very interesting that these 5G systems allegedly, allegedly – are being removed and completely rid of, they're saying, because of health concerns, because of numerous kids that have basically were attending a school that had these massive 5G systems back in April 2023. They started having horrific uh, blood samples and health problems, and essentially these affected kids got this got brought in as a topic of discussion on why in the world we're having these pulsed electronic waves, you know, for 24 to 50 gigahertz, and they're being put in all these schools, essentially when we know 5G posed significant threat to people, wildlife, and pets based on any type of research that you start doing. So again, is this something that's really going on over there? I'm trying to find out. I can't I'll confirm it completely. I've seen a lot of articles, but again, I'm asking you guys if you know anything about this or if you're in that region or in that area. I know we've got a lot of international customers. Give me some feedback on this and let me know if the 5G systems are really being dismantled in Russia or if, again, this is just fake news to try to keep people distracted from what's really going on. What do you think? You know, Austin, I touched on the 5G stuff yesterday on Russia and being dismantled, and I said that I'm not sure if it's true information or not. The problem with the Soviet Union, that was basically the Iron Curtain, is you couldn't get any real facts out because the media was completely controlled by the Soviet Union, by the Kremlin. And the yep. same thing is true with Russia, and the same thing is true with the information coming out of the Ukraine. We have no idea if any of it's true, and the same thing is true with the information coming out of our federal government. I mean, we've got you know about 500 elected officials up there in Washington that are basically running the whole country into the ground because they're all compromised via Jeffrey Epstein and pedophilia. And, you know, and sex with prostitutes and alcohol and drugs and all the rest of it. 
And so we have a situation now where these 500 are voting whatever they want for whoever they want, whenever they want. And we, the 300 million, if that's how many are left here, which probably isn't that much anymore after the COVID, you know, bioweapon, you know, introduction into our blood supplies, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, we end up, we are in a situation where we're being completely run by the international banking cartels, you know, through Lucifer. It's just the way it is. And, and so whether or not they're actually dismantling 5G infrastructure in Russia or not, I have absolutely no idea. And I don't think anybody does. I mean, we have a lot of people out there that promote a lot of this stuff, and they say, well, this is fact, this is fact, this is fact. It's like I told you with Ukraine. I'm not saying what's going on with Ukraine. I haven't been there. All I know is that, you know, we're, like Austin said, it's like the number one money laundering scheme ever, and now Biden wants another $10 billion to pour into a black hole that we could call Afghanistan. We call the Vietnam War. We call Iraq or whatever you want to do. The only difference with Iraq is Iraq had a lot of oil that we wanted to seize, and that's why Wolfowitz went over there and started the central bank after we invaded it and killed the duly elected official, Saddam Hussein. Now, I didn't like Saddam Hussein. I'm not a Saddam Hussein fan. But, you know, we invaded his country because he had weapons of mass destruction, of which there were none, zero. And then rather than putting him back into power, we found out that we had done a bad and we were wrong about that. We had him hanged. And so, I mean, this is unbelievable. The United States CIA does stuff like this, but it's been doing this since the 50s and the 60s, and it's not going to change. And they run the shadow government. And we understand that because the shadow government is run by the international banking cartels, the guys behind the curtain, which we talk about all the time on the show, who believe that their god is a hermaphrodite. Everybody has to be a transgender or have their genitalia whacked off, which also reduces the population. I mean, you think about it for a second. You take a million people in the United States right now. And you do gender reassignment surgery on them, and they're of reproductive age. Or you put them on puberty blockers. You put millions more on puberty blockers. Do you realize what the impact that that will have in 50 years on the population growth? When you take those base pairs of people that are going to be going to 2 to 4 to 6 to 8 to 16 to 24 to 32 or whatever, 64, and suddenly all that stops? You know, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at a massive reduction of the population of the United States being supplanted by foreign invaders known as illegal aliens pouring across the border by the millions on Cloward and Piven, and it's all part of it. This morning I spoke to a good friend of mine, Riley, and he told me, he says, how long do you think we have? And I said, we're in a mess right now. You know, we're not the, the, the demise of the dollar is basically going to be very difficult as long as we retain the reserve currency status of the world and we use petrodollars. But remember, everybody's shifting to it. And now we're finding out there's only a, you know, a couple of EV you know, plug-ins for every 1,000 miles of road that we have. I mean, it's impossible to plug EV vehicles in and keep them going. The, the, the infrastructure doesn't exist unless – oh, gosh, this is dark – unless they're going to reduce the population that much and the people are going to basically you know, be gone. And, of course, if they do get gone, you know, we're not going to really know about it except for some of the real rural areas. There will be very few cars on the road. Here in Central Florida, where everybody seems to want to move to, which I don't understand why, because last night at 11.15 when I went to bed, I checked the thermometer on the front porch, and it was over 90 degrees at 11.15 p.m. Think about that for a second. Over 90 degrees, and there is no sunshine. The heat index is through the roof. The asphalt is so hot. The ground is so hot. The air is so hot. Because of methane expulsions, according to, you know, you know, the people that work on the geoengineering, Dane Whittington talks about that in depth. And have, we were having more, which is 100 times more effective as a greenhouse gas than CO2. And so we're having methane expulsions all over the Arctic, all over the planet, and which is causing a massive, massive terraforming of the planet. So I've never seen it like this. I had a friend of mine contact me this morning. It's been 115 degrees in Texas for like weeks on end now. Unbelievably hot and humid there. Tallahassee's over 100, 105 degrees. And... 
every once in a while, I remember when I lived in Tallahassee, you'd get a week. It'd be real, real hot. And then it cooled back down again. But apparently it's staying that hot in Tallahassee, too. In Georgia, I talked to a guy yesterday. He said it's over 100 degrees up in Georgia. They live up about Bainbridge, and a, they've got a quail plantation there, which is a real pretty place, by the way. And all these people are realizing now that there's something really, really wrong with the heat index and with what's going on with the geoengineering. But then in the meantime, when's the last time you heard any of that preach from the pulpit? I'm just asking that question. I'm not trying to be you know, divisive here, but just ask the question. When have you heard the pulpit talk about the leaders in Congress and Jeffrey Epstein? When have you heard the pulpit talk about the synagogue of Satan? When have you ever heard the pulpit talk about the tyranny that's enveloped the United States and the globe through Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and the international monetary – internet, all of the different monetary you know, groups and organizations around the world, the International Monetary Fund you know, and the you know, Bank of International Settlements, you know, the BIA? You know, and all these things, BIS, and all, and all these things that are happening all over the world that's being controlled through the synagogue of Satan. And, you know, and we need to realize that. And sometimes, and somebody sent me a link the other day, and it was talking about how extremely old these entities are. Well, we know they're old, but they're saying that a lot of these people they're inhabiting are also very, very old, and they basically live on adrenochrome and the blood of young children, and that keeps them young. Well, you know, there's an awful lot of vampire stories kind of cover that same thing, doesn't it? So is that true? I don't know. It sounds weird. Does it sound plausible? I don't know. That's, that's, that kind of science and technology is way beyond my pay grade. But the reality is we know a lot of these guys like Peter Thiel and a lot of these other guys, these billionaires, they, they, they use transfusions of children's blood on an ongoing basis. They say that it basically keeps them young. So, I mean, this is some weird stuff these guys are involved in because life is in the blood. We know that. And all of the all the hormones and all the things that the body makes when we're young, and the growth hormone, and the testosterone, and all the rest of this. And now that you have a, we have a group of these quote unquote uh, international scum. I don't call them elites. I call them scum who like to use children's blood for transfusions. And you think this can't be real? Well, that's what I thought too, but it is real. So we stop and we think about that, and we go, "Wow." And you know, we also need to realize too. You know, we've got a real delusion in the churches right now. You know, the Bible says that you know, said a lot of times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. It's in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And we need to realize that a lot of these people claim to be prophets and priests and basically high-level people in the churches, and they're not. You know, Paul wrote about there be happening today in the 21st century. You know, basically what's happening as far as these peaches, peaches become absorbed and they, and they basically, basically, they're like brute beasts that run around just to basically seduce women and do all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, we have to realize that these churches, in many cases, these pastors and these people who run the churches, they've submitted themselves to the satanic authorities of the state. And, you know, they don't realize that they're basically, they're being basically culled as far as what they tell the truth. Look how they said we couldn't go to church anymore. You know, look at it, look at the amount of churches that were out there that actually told the, the people in the church to basically take the bioweapon injections. You know, and this is just on and on and on. So then you then you realize that the church itself is basically about being loyal to Jesus and the loyal to the great I am. And then you start to realize that all these people are out there doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. And following the leadership of churches that are following the leaderships of a corrupt state, that's not okay. It really isn't. You've got to, and the churches have to step up out of the pulpit 
and they have to become involved legally and basically politically in the system and stand against it like the black robe clergy did in 1776. And if they do that, it's going to change everything as far as what we're having going on right now. But, you know, this person of Jesus Christ, the God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth of Jesus Christ, part one third of the triune Godhead, is who we need to worship and not the leaders in the church. So many people, they fall and do well based upon their priest or their pastor and how they how they walk with Christ and, and, and basically how they preach from the pulpit. And people follow men instead of Christ. And then when something happens to that priest or that, you know, that pastor, all of a sudden they fall away because their relationship was not with Jesus. It was with the pastor. We've lost connection with the head of the church, which is Jesus. We really, really have. And we have to realize that these pastors are basically shepherds who are supposed to teach us the most perfect way of following Christ, not to follow them. And when we understand this, we start to realize that a lot of these people basically cause a lot of problems. I was involved in the church years ago. In fact, I'm involved in multiple churches where you had bad leadership. And every time I get involved in one of those churches, I try to get, I, I used to try to get involved in the leadership part of it. And, and I would realize that very quickly that I would just be castigated, just part of it. And I started realizing that you know, rather than changing churches again, I just stay in the back and just listen to the preachers and have my relationship with Christ and try not to get involved in the politics of the church, which in many cases are controlled, especially in the Baptist churches, by high-level Masonic leaders in the church. Just thought I'd mention that too. Now, in the Lutheran church, they don't have Masonic leaders. They don't, they don't believe in Masons or secret societies and all the rest of that. But that doesn't mean that somebody in the Lutheran church who's at a high level can't be a secret Mason either. So all of this stuff is around us as we see it and we try to understand it. And we have to understand that, you know, when you stand against corporate Christianity, the 5013C corporations, and you try to stand against what they're doing, in many cases, you're going to take some heat for it. Just thought I'd mention that. You're going to take some heat because these people that are out there doing this and basically using the church as their own personal piggy bank, they're going to be upset about it when you start talking about it. And they're going to figure you're a troublemaker. And I remember one time I had heard this pastor say, that uh, givers never kick and kickers never give. Now, there is some truth to that. That goes back to that 28 rule, 2080 rule, in which the people that are supporting the church are going to be about 20% of the congregation, and about 80% are going to go there, and they may give a little money every once in a while, but the 20% are the ones who support the bills. And most of the 20%ers are going to be supporting the church regardless of what happens. But even if you are one of the 20%ers and you're tithing to your church and you're giving to your church, you still should hold the leadership accountable. And that's why I believe personally that the deacon and the elders should be rotated out on a regular basis, like term limits, and so that new fresh blood can come in and see what's going on. I remember years ago we had a pastor, terrible, terrible leader, great speaker. I was involved in the church, and I had one of the pastors that had spoken there before he had come there ask me to get involved with all that, and I kind of got drummed out. It was crazy what happened with me when I spoke at a doggone meeting one Wednesday night about the, you know, about the budget. And I tried to talk about how we had lost two-thirds of the congregation and what was going on. And I was told that basically I wasn't supposed to be talking about that because it was a budget meeting. And I said, well, I've tried to talk about it before. Nobody wants to listen. And before it was over, the church went completely out of business. The assets were given away to another church. The pastor bankrupted the church, took all the money out of it. And then when he was done with that, he basically quit. And got a job, you know, making Social Security for like 16 quarters or whatever you have to do in order to draw Social Security the rest of his life. And he just used the church as his own personal piggy bank. And he wouldn't even go visit people in hospitals and stuff like that. It was awful what he did. 
But the reality is, is that those are not the people that we look to. We don't look to that. We look to Jesus Christ as the author, as the finisher, as the perfecter of our faith. The Christianity we had in the first century is not what we have now, but we can make it go back to the first century if the relationship is the most important thing and not the religion. And repeat that. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with God, and that's what we've got to pray on a regular basis like it's all up to us. Like it's all, I'm sorry. We have to work like it was all up to us. We have to pray like it's all up to God, and if we do that, we're going to have a much better time as far as from a Christianity standpoint if one of our leaders decides they're not going to listen anymore and they're not going to do what they're supposed to do. But I wanted to share that with you real quick and, and talk about that. By the way, Joe Rogan, who I don't only quote because he's such a foul mouth, says that Tucker Carlson could win the presidency in 2028 if the fired Fox News host decides to run. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But Rogan says that Tucker Carlson is a no-nonsense guy who is a very popular voice. Speculation is growing that the sacked, news, the sacked Fox News presenter is considering a bid for the White House. Now, I've seen pictures of, you know, of Tucker Carlson wearing a red string around his wrist. Kabbalist. Now, whether that was photoshopped or not, I don't know. Is he a Kabbalist? I don't know. All I know is this, that he sure is getting a lot of push now from Joe Rogan. And now we have Donald Trump basically just running for the presidency again which means that Joe Biden is probably going to get the presidency again. And we have to deal with four more years of Hunter and Biden and the unbelievable corruption of the White House. You know, it's interesting. Victor Orban, he says the European Union has abandoned Christian heritage for an LGBT hedonistic paganism. And he's right. And so is the United States. He says that he has accused the European Union of abandoning Christianity in favor of hedonistic paganism. Speaking before the 32nd Summer Free University, the student camp festival in Romania's Babel Tunaz, the Hungarian leader struck out against the European Union for giving up on its democratic ideals, engaging in population replacement, and trying to impose leftist ideology surrounding gender upon Christian countries. He's the longest serving national leader in the European Union, and that the continent is suffering from an identity crisis, arguing that the liberal ideals of the Enlightenment are showing their weakness. The Hungarian prime minister said that two centuries of leftist intellectuals believed that rejecting faith and destroying Christianity would usher in a utopian society based upon nationality. Yet he argued that it was just an illusion that by having rejected Christianity, we've actually become hedonistic pagans. And I will say he is absolutely right. For Orban, the most clearly demonstrated this ongoing battle with Brussels over the progressive ideals surrounding gender. The Hungarian government engaged and enraged the liberal sensitivity, sensitive sensibilities of many of the Western European capitals for introducing a law in 2021 to prevent the spread of LGBTQ content for children. In response, the bloc began to withhold coronavirus relief money from being sent to Hungary. The prime minister said on Saturday that the European Union is waging an LGBT campaign against pro-family European nations saying that the political class in Brussels is not accountable to anyone. It is not Christian. It does not hold convictions. Therefore, he says, we have no choice. We love Europe in vain. It is ours in vain. We must keep fighting. And he's absolutely right. He says that the unelected European Commission is ridiculous over the demands to accept migrant redistribution quotas, when Hungary has argued they are unfair as they are opposed to the move by former German Chancellor Merkel, who destroyed Germany, by the way, is generally opening up the borders of Europe to mass migration, and therefore should not be punished for protecting the borders. 
Now, I'm going to stop for one second on this. I'll, I'll post this for you so you guys can read the whole article. But the thing about it is, see, they want to have the same thing they're doing in the United States. Remember, the same people that have opened the borders in the United States have opened the borders in Europe. The same group wants to destroy fundamental Christianity in any state, any country, any place that it is, and bring in foreign invaders, probably a lot of them are Muslim, by the way, into these different Christian communities to destroy the faith. Remember, it's all about serving their God, their master, Einsof, and destroying Jesus Christ in the eyes and the hearts of so many other people. And like I told you, I knew this Russian girl, and she was basically raised by a Muslim mother. She's not a girl, she's a woman. And she basically uh, she basically was an agnostic atheist, and she didn't practice Muslim. She, didn't, Muslim, she wasn't a Muslim. She wasn't a practice of Christianity. Uh, she was more of a New Ager. And when you try to talk to her about Jesus, she says it's all institutions that are put there by man to control human beings. And a lot of that is true, but it wasn't all about controlling. It was about Jesus coming and basically saving us from this mess we're in. But the organizations that established after Jesus was here that were established like like the Roman Empire and, you know, and the, and the Christian, you know, and the, and the, and the Catholic Church, they came in to control the people through, through Christianity. That's a fact. I, mean, I couldn't even argue with her about that. But the crazy part about all of this stuff is when you talk to her about Jesus and who he was, it's like talking to a concrete block. It's like it's because there's no, there's there's no there's no there's no interest whatsoever in her talking about that because she considers it all to be just wrong data, which was done to her as a child. Now her mother was unbelievably upset because she had gone to church to a Christian church. Her mother's Muslim. But her mother would rather her have her date a non-Christian heathen than she would a person who wasn't a Muslim. It's all twisted up because of the separation and what they've done to us and how they played everybody against everybody else. So when you stop and you look at it, you kind of go, what the heck just happened with all of these people and why are they like this and why is this happening? By the way, Jill Biden, what's oh, unreal? She's now promoting drag queens. And this, I'm prone to this article. The first lady, Jill Biden, is, is is using her influence in the public sphere by meeting with drag queens. Why Americans suffer from rising prices and crime under her husband's administration. A recent photo showing Jill Biden posing with drag queens in San Francisco event space called Welcome to Manny's. The event space describes itself as a community focused on meeting and learning. New people that encourages meeting and engagement with civic leaders, elected officials, artists, activists, change makers, and each other. Welcome to Manny's shared an image of Jill Biden flanked by five drag queens declaring that the event space is unapologetically, unapologetically queer and unapologetically political. This is what we have here. These, these homosexual gay activists, lesbians and homosexuals who are unbelievably aggressive in their stance – are extremely effective at changing the mindset of the culture because they will not stop. I will give them credit for that. They are extremely well organized with what they do. And it's sad to me that Christians can't be the same and Christians want to sit back and just let these guys do whatever they want to do and not go against it because Christians want to go along to get along. And finally, they're beginning to realize it's not okay to do that. In many cases, especially when you listen to this show, we've got to stand against this. Well, consumers are finally starting to, to break, stop using their credit cards, by the way. There's been a major drop in June credit card debts, and it marks the end of a, ben, of, of, of a spending binge. Two months ago, with, the, with, with both revolving credit, i.e. credit card debt and interest charge on credit cards at a record high, 
you know, we said this trajectory was unsustainable. It was only a matter of time before the debt-funded U.S. consumer hit the brick wall. One month later, the first brick wall was hit when the May U.S. consumer credit grew by a paltry $7 billion, down from more than 50% from the downward revised $20 billion in April. While revolving credit posted a healthy increase at $8.5 billion, the shocker was the non-revolving segment known as student and auto loans, which unexpectedly dropped by $1.3 billion, the first negative print since April of 2020. Amusingly, in our commentary last month, we also said that with non-revolving credit now shrinking, the final straw will be the reversal credit card debt with credit card interest rates also hit a record of 22.16%, and we didn't have to wait very long. We were right as we had to wait just one month because the fast forwarding to today's release of the latest Fed Consumer Report at 3 p.m. showed that we had another shocker, this time on the other side of the credit spectrum, because while non-revolving credit jumped by a whopping $18 billion from last month's drop, which was revised to a tiny positive print this time, a jump will probably reverse once the student loan repayment moratorium ends on September the 1st. So we're going to have a big problem with these people with this moratorium on student loans on September the 1st. And, oh, by the way, how's Biden's repayment of student loans working out for everybody who thought he was going to do that? Hmm? How's he doing that? You know, all the billions of dollars he's going to spend on student loan reversal, which, by the way, I can't say that that would have been a bad thing. But I have to say this. When we have people getting degrees in underwater basket weaving and queer studies and completely useless degrees – and having this student debt after they get these degrees, and then they expect us to pay off the money that they had for this liberal education of absolutely useless material. Why is that our responsibility when somebody makes that type of decision and ruins their credit and ruins their life with student loan debt? That's my question. Uh, that's how I have to say it and see it, because quite frankly, what I did and what we do with the kids, everybody got to go to Polk State College, which is a local school here. Everybody did that when they, when they first you know, got started. And they basically are, you know, Savannah's still there. Harrison was there. Austin took classes there. You know, Lexus took classes there. Everybody took classes at Polk State because I wanted them to realize that they could get free college while they were in high school through dual enrollment or through collegiate high school. And they could actually get through their major degree, their first degree, pretty much out of debt. If they stayed at home and went to college that way and got rid of all of the overhead from, you know, the, you know, the, the housing and the food and all the rest of it. But, you know, when we were kids, we worked our way through school. We just had, I had a job the first two years of, you know, junior college. I went to I was I, I had scored super high on the senior placement test and I could have gone to any major university, but it had major, major costs associated with it. I just decided to stay at home and go for the first two years of school. And just chill out and live in my room at my house and have fun and, and do my thing and work at a part-time job working at Mar Memorial Hospital and, and did what I did for the first two years and stayed out of debt. And when you do that and you realize that you can do that, it makes life a lot easier. But a lot of kids, I'm 18 years old. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go ahead and start signing student loans. And they start doing that immediately. And when that happens, they find themselves four years later, $120,000 to $140,000 in debt in many cases, not all cases with student loans for a bachelor's degree, which is completely useless in today's society, unless it's in an area where you can become a professional, which requires in many cases additional schooling. Be very careful with student loan debt. Be very careful what you decide to major in. If it won't be cost-effective for you to get a job and be able to use that degree, you'd be better off to go to trade school or get a job or work with your family's business or try to find something else to do locally than put yourself into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? 
You're 100% spot on on that. I have seen and helped and talked to a lot of kids that have done the exact same thing I have done. And that's usually worked out fairly successful for them because I've seen also the complete opposite of what's happened when kids go to some private universities or big universities and they start going and getting massively in debt. And the problem is, and here's the issue, if an 18-year-old or 19-year-old starts taking on this debt and they don't really have a concept of true financial aspects, and most of them don't, even if they've learned about finances when they were younger and understand it, you don't really understand the full ramifications of what happens with these student loans. You don't really grasp it yet because it sounds great. Oh, we're going to give you money. Basically, you're not going to repay it until you're done with school. And you go, oh, it's fine. It's four years down the road. You're going to pay for my housing. You're going to pay for my food. You're going to pay for my books. You're going to pay for everything. And the whole thing's giant sham. It's designed to feed that university industrial model to where they continue to get copious amounts of money from the government and it's tacked on to you know, citizens. The issue that we ran into with the, the uh, repayment of student loans is that I told you guys when I first looked at it, I said – I understand the concept of it. I've looked into it further, and I said, here's the problem. It was all written by the banker boys. The only people that were going to end up getting hurt were the working-class, tax-paying Americans currently right now. Because what happened was the government was just going to print more money, pay off the debt, give the money back to the bankers who did these predatory loans. So they got paid in full. The kids that basically were financed out with these student loans that couldn't repay them, they got part of the debt wiped out depending on how much it was. The banker boys got paid off, and then we just had more debt in the United States and higher inflationary model that we were going to have to pay for. That's the problem with it. It never did anything but benefit the bankers, which is what it always does, isn't it? Because when the banker boys run the money… And they love all their free air that they can suck up all day long. They can like to take every single thing out of the economy that they can. They're running the show. My buddy told me the other day, he's like, dude, you realize he's like by like next year with these interest rates, he's like, we're going to be paying like eight to nine hundred billion dollars in debt as far as on the national debt with the interest rates. And I said, well, yeah, I said, we'll be quite we'll be right at close to a trillion dollars in interest that we're paying every year on the national debt with the interest rates. I said, the banks know what they're doing with this. I said, the whole thing was planned from the beginning. This is why they made all that free cash that they gave out. And I say free very sarcastically during COVID. The whole thing was planned. These guys, people like the plan. It's funny to me because I talk to some people sometimes and I hear podcasts and people talk about, oh, the Federal Reserve, you know, well, they're doing their best to reduce the inflation with the interest rates because, you know, all this stuff happened with COVID and they couldn't have been. There's no way they could have known about this. and They did the best they could. and They were trying to do the stimulus packages. And I just laugh. I laugh hysterically. As I fall back in my chair, I laugh at when I hear that stuff. Like some people are that naive. They really thought that during COVID and everything that occurred with the massive money printing and this inflationary state that came about it was just, whoops, that was a surprise to the banker boys. They had no idea that was going to happen. Who would have possibly thought that could have occurred? Nobody. Nobody could have seen this. Nobody could have foreseen it. That's how these guys with Powell and Yellen and all them, they, they play this naive narrative all the time that's just nauseating to all belief. When you hear them talk sometimes, they bring this stuff up. Well, you know, it's just not – It's not the inflation's not coming down as fast. We need to increase the interest rate you know, because 
We had no idea it was going to take this long. We couldn't have, nobody could have known this. Nobody could have predicted this. Guys, they've done this boom and bust cycle for decade after decade after decade after decade. They, they're fantastic at this. Money magic, money manipulation. They know exactly what they're doing with this. And they knew it from the very beginning. That's why I've told you before. Once you do the real, real research and you take the COVID red pill, you realize that there are no coincidences with bankers and that every single thing with COVID was planned and orchestrated before it ever started. They knew what was going to happen. They knew what they were going to push, and they knew what they were going to roll out. That's why they suddenly had these giant COVID stimulus bills, these giant bills already written, ready to go with trillions of dollars that were going to be pumped into the, the economy. Exactly right. They, they knew it from the beginning. It was just like 9-11. Oh, we've got the Patriot Act. Well, you know, we don't, we didn't, we, we didn't really know how to write this overnight. We just, we just kind of pulled it out of a drawer, and it was just happened to be there. Just happened to be there, and um, yeah, we're gonna pass it because we don't really know what's in it. But uh, yeah, it just happened to be ready to go, so we're gonna pass it. Once you realize what's happening, you kind of take that naive status out of the equation. You realize this is what they've been planning for, just like the COVID shot. That bioweapon that DARPA started working on with 2012 trying to build super soldiers with RNA gene therapy was not an accident they started working on that. DARPA is the CIA. The CIA is DARPA. It's their branch of research. But most people fail to realize that. That's how the CIA does all the really weird reverse engineering and their crazy technology. They use it through DARPA. So when you start hearing about DARPA being involved in something and then suddenly, almost 10 years later, the government's got the, 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 the magic bullet. We're going to go in and we're going to save everybody with RNA gene therapy with zero long-term research and we're going to roll it out and it, it's going to be safe and effective because you know that's, that's all that matters. If we say safe and effective, then it means it's safe and effective even though it's not safe and effective, but we said it. For example, another research just came out now. This is on NTD.com. They're now saying that children who experience heart inflammation after the COVID-19 vaccination are now being found to have severe scarring on their hearts. Months later, a new long-term study found. Researchers followed a group of 40 patients ages 12 to 18. These guys are kids, man. 12 to 18 for up to a year after the children were diagnosed with myocarditis following the vaccination of the RNA shot from Pfizer Moderna. They performed a series of tests, including echocardiograms. They went and did cardiac MRIs, were performed on 39 of the 40 patients. Abnormal results came in for 26 of those who were imaged, including 19 who had significant signs of scarring. Guys, that's half, half of the test subjects. 19 out of 40 had significant signs of scarring. The patients with abnormal results returned for follow-up cardiac MRIs at least five months after the initial test. And 15, 58% had residual late enhanced scarring. One patient without initial scan also had mild enhanced when scanned during a follow-up visit. The persistence of LGE in a significant subset of patients with up to a year of follow-up was reserved, says the key researcher. They said the implications of this persistent remain unclear, but it's given an indicator of heart dysfunction and scarring. There exists a potential long-term effect on exercise capability and cardiac functional reserve during stress. Ah, gosh, this is disturbing, guys, with these kids. Because you know what makes me so mad about this? 12-year-old didn't sign that form. They didn't. 
12-year-old didn't go into Walgreens and sign their form that they were going to get the RNA shot. They're not an adult. They couldn't have done it. Their parents signed off on this. Their parents went in and knowingly gave them this shot because they were either too stupid or too ill-informed to understand what was going on with this RNA gene therapy. And now these kids are going to have to deal with this with their cardiac muscle, the rest of their life, they're going to have to deal with the scarring on their heart, which blatantly says right here that they're going to have exercise capacity and cardiac function reserved during stress, long-term effects, period, on these kids. But yet, hey, safe and effective, guys. Everybody needs to get it because, you know, if you don't get it, you're the problem. If you don't get your shot, then my shot doesn't work. I mean, what kind of shit? Stupid ideology was that that some people actually believed. And I get there were a lot of stuff that people came out with. They were working and they're basically being forced for fear of literally being terminated and sued and all kinds of other crazy stuff. All these allegations and just threats that were most of them were all unfunded, all unfounded. And they got it. But you know, when you had parents that were knowingly taking their kids to go get this shot. That's disturbing to me that you have this many parents in the country that went along with this. But yet, here we are. And this is why, again, I said before and Dada said it, the shot was the real bioweapon. Now you're going to have a whole generation. You're going to have an entire generation, guys, of these teenagers that are going to come up in the next generation. And they're going to have severe cardiac problems their entire life. They're probably going to have very limited exercise capability. They're not going to be able to do heavy cardio. They're not going to be able to run or be combat effective whatsoever. The only thing they'll be good for in a combat scenario if they go in the military is take point and basically take the first hit. As sad as that is, that's the only ability. They probably won't even be able to pass PT at all. They'll have no ability to actually stand up and resist against any type of tyrannical invasion from a foreign country, foreign or domestic. And it's kind of like the Pfizer and Moderna and the banker boys and the government that pushes agenda. Maybe they kind of knew that. Maybe they kind of knew the information that had already come out about RNA gene therapy and the ferret testing and the cat testing that they did. Maybe they already knew this when DARPA was working on it in 2012, which is the reason why they abandoned that program for RNA gene therapy super soldier platform. Maybe they already knew this was going to occur before they ever rolled it out. Or I could just be talking wild again. Who knows? But you guys come to your own conclusion on that. But when you start seeing research like this, you're talking about 58% of the kids in the test group that basically being looked at. They're now saying they're basically having potential long-term effects on exercise capability and cardiac function reserved during stress. That's a problem, guys. That's a real problem. And it kind of ties back into wondering why all these athletes suddenly started having heart attacks all of a sudden. Well, well-conditioned, top-tier athletes, NFL players, college football players, gymnasts, soccer players, all over the world start dropping dead with cardiac arrest suddenly. Because, well, remember, it's safe and effective. Always remember, my friends, when stuff like this starts coming out and you start hearing that the government's doing this to save you and protect you – Run the opposite direction and get geared up for what's coming next. And I say that sincerely because every single time I've done research and witnessed this in person, when you start having a government entity come out and say, we're doing this for your safety, we're doing this for your protection, it has never, never been anything other than a downright lie because if there's anything you have to understand, anything you can understand from past history – The government has never been there to protect you. The citizens 
that are involved in the government, that are by a government for the people, may be there to protect you and help you and support you. But the overall government, oh man, they've never been there to help you and support you. This is why I said the government is not here for your safety and protection. We, the people, are here for each other's safety and protection. And once everybody starts learning that and realizing this and understanding that we all have to start being strong, resilient, together, working with one another, community bases, family bases, and start getting the truth out there, then you start realizing how we can be effective and how we can get the truth out there. And we have done a very well job of it. Not just on this show, but our listeners and other groups that I have talked to over the last couple of years that have really been getting this out there. Because this, as I have said, and I'm going to repeat this one more time, this will not be the last bioweapon they try to release on the American population. They now realize that there's a percentage of the population that is willing to go along with anything they tell them to do. Anything they tell them to do. And they're going to go for it again. And it's going to be up to us this time whether or not we're going to get real vocal because I know I was. But I was shocked on how many people I knew, especially even alleged patriots, that would not bring anything up. They called me a conspiracy theory. They called me a tenfold hat-wearing crazy man. I heard every name in the book. I had emails that were so derogatory and so hateful. I'd read half a sentence in them, and I'd delete them during COVID because people were telling me I was a grandma killer for telling everybody they need to start taking their supplements and getting fresh air and sunshine, and they need to stop wearing three masks on their face and staying inside. That people actually needed to live like Americans and live like they had peace, like they had confidence, like they had strength, and stop acting like they all had to be inside and live like peasants because they were told to do so. Continue, my friends, to get the truth out there on a regular basis, and I encourage you to get others to do the same. What do you think, Deb? Wow, that was a really good segment, but I just really enjoyed listening to that. And, and you're right. I mean, we took heat. Oh, my gosh, did we take heat. Now, back then, I didn't have an email address that they could actually contact me on, which was nice. And I pretty much deleted and blocked everybody that sends me nasty emails. Anyhow, at this point, some of them have tried to open up a new email address. So I just delete and block that, too. And when you start sending nasty letters to us, when we're out here you know, running point for the whole country pretty much with the Ted Nelson Brower show and telling you the truth about the Zionism and the Kabbalists and the Luciferians and the synagogue of Satan and all the rest of it, the fallen angels – you know, why are you picking on us? And number number two, why are you listening to the show to start with? I mean, if you don't believe what we're saying, if you think you can verify it a better way, you know, I always tell you to do that. I'll If I feel as though what you're saying is credible, I'll bring it up on the show, and I've done that multiple times. But, you know, I just don't put up with that nonsense anymore. I don't care what people think if they're going to be diametrically opposed and hateful. Now, if they've got a legitimate thing that they want to talk about that may, they may not understand or may not disagree or may disagree with a little bit and they agree with the bulk of the show, I don't have a bit of problems answering the letters and being nice. But when they want to, you know, debate me with scripture, I remember one guy I remember a couple of years ago when I first started talking about this about a year ago, I guess now, he wanted me to sit down with him at Bible studies every day and, you know, two, three hours or whatever it was going to be. And I, I said, I don't have time for this. And he sent me all these questions and want me to answer them all from a scriptural standpoint. He was a pastor, remember this. He was trying to set me up to get me to put stuff in writing that he disagreed with. In my opinion, to post online, I said, well, Ted Brower said this, and he's wrong about this, this, and this, and this. Which, by the way, I had happened many years ago and been there, done that, have no interest in doing it again. So I'm real careful about what I say on a lot of these emails that people send me. Some stuff is real. Some stuff is true. And I just respond by saying thanks. 
some stuff is not accurate. I don't agree with it. I still just say thanks. I never give an opinion as far as whether I agree with it or not, unless I know the individual and I know that they're not some hack, which is really kind of sad to say that, but it's true. By the way, Paul Craig Roberts wrote an article that says the deafening silence about the vax. Wow. Uh, this is just crazy. He says, there are various explanations available by who and release the coronavirus and where. It indicates that the pandemic was intended and orchestrated, which we know that, including with the Federal Reserve. It tells us that everything in Western government associated organizations and the Western media say is a lie. We are told the official narratives that serve the agendas of the ruling elite in the West. The people no longer count. Accountable government no longer exists in the world. Western government censors and imprisoned truth tellers requires acceptance of their false teachings unless you want to be fired and or canceled or have your medical license or your professional license revoked. And he talks about the worldwide breakout of sudden retirements of vaccinated athletes. Remember, it's just a coincidence. It's from global research about how all these athlete and NFL players are dying and soccer players are dying and pericarditis just suddenly happened. And the entertainers who were poster children for the COVID vax are having to cancel performances because of illness and death. You know, is vax wiping out the vax promoting prostitutes? Probably so. And how an extraordinarily good physician lost her license for protecting medically vulnerable children from potentially harmful vaccines. More victims among them are who are cursed to take the vax. And I'm going to post all of this. You go off all of these links and you can take a look at it because, quite frankly, all of this stuff is real as far as what they're doing and how they're trying to cover things up. Now, here's an interesting article from Global Research, and I'll turn it back over to Austin. In 1948, Albert Einstein, yep, Albert Einstein himself, wrote a letter to the New York Times warning of the Zionist fascism in Israel. Letter that Albert Einstein sent to the New York Times in 1948, posting and visiting of the of what's going on in israel of relevance to recent report of developments in israel we bring to attention to our readers the following letter by albert einstein from 1948 decrypting the atrocities of the people against the palestinian people and the village of Deir zazin vividly described what is currently ongoing more than 75 years later in the state of israel you know and here's here's one of the here's the here's the letter to the editor of the new york times among the most disturbing political phenomena of our time is the emergence of the newly created State of Israel of the Freedom Party, a political party closely akin to its organization, methods, political philosophy, and social appeal to the Nazis. Wow. It was formed out of a membership following the former – some of the stuff I can't read because of the, the, who they are – the current visit of Menachem Begin leader of the party to the United States is obviously calculated to give the impression that to the American support of the compelling party of Israel elections and the cement political ties of conservative Zionist elements in the United States. Several Americans of national repute have lent their names to welcome his visit. And he goes on to deal with this and talks about before irreparable damage is done by the way financial contributions and public manifestations and benign behalf and the creation of the Palestine of the impression of the large. I'm not going to, he's reading, remember he's German. He's writing this in English and so it's chopped up. So don't, don't judge me, please. Please don't judge me on his, on his grammar. But I'm, I'm going to send you this link and let you guys read this and understand that this wasn't something that all of the Jews in the world wanted. That a lot of Jews in the world still are diametrically opposed to what Israel does and how it operates as his, his, his communist country and all of this stuff is part of history that we need to be made aware of. I love you guys, and I really, really, really appreciate you. And you guys are absolutely amazing to me because you guys are the reason we're here. If you weren't here, if you weren't listening to the show, if you weren't supporting Health Masters, we couldn't do what we do. 
because we'd be basically canceled like everybody else has been. So many people that were telling the truth. Thank you for your support. Austin, what do you think, buddy? And go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. No, you're spot on. And, you know, it's interesting because I had a friend of mine that was just sending me this. I was reading through it, and they said, you know, if anybody has questions that they want to ask their pediatrician when they take their child into the pediatrician's office, especially concerning the vaccines, if you want a little bit of ammunition to just have simple questions, he said, here they are. He sent me a couple. He said, how does the DNA from the cell lines used impact my child? They don't want to answer that. says, are there any ingredients in these vaccines that can cross the blood-brain barrier? Ask pediatrician that find out what they say. Is there any aluminum in this vaccine or any of these vaccines? See if they'll answer that one. Based on my infant's weight, what amount of aluminum is considered safe? Is there any genetically altered ingredients in these vaccines? Could this cause autoimmunity? Is death listed as a potential side effect on any of the vaccines? According to the insert, what are other potential side effects of any of these vaccines? I can pretty much tell you by the time you get to this point, you're probably not going to get a very positive response from the pediatrician. (laughs) But I just wanted to give you guys a couple of those questions. If you ever want to ask them or if you're going to the pediatrician's office and you want to get a response out of them, you want to be educated because those are very simplistic, basic questions that they should be able to answer considering the fact that you're talking about the safety and well-being of your child. So please, my friends, constantly stay educated, get the truth out there, read, do your research, go on our website if you need more information, look at the articles we post every single day for the information, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. And thank you again for the support of Health Masters and getting the truth out there. If you guys need anything, the last day product of the week, Magnesium Brain Food on sale right now for over 10% off on the front page. So be sure to check that out and vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as well at healthmasters.com. I appreciate everything, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay strong as always, and we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>